and Jesus. Oh my God. He wants to go to Venus. That's all I have. Really? Of Levon. Okay. He was born a papa to a pawn on a Christmas day when the New York Times said God is dead and the war was on. What, what is that song really about? Like, what kind of guy is Levon really? It, I. It is not for me to say. I don't think that anybody. I it's. I think that a lot of Elton John songs. You kind of just. It's kind of just a vibe, and it's open to interpretation. Just like a, a dude that I met one time. Yes. Let me tell you about a guy I met. Hmm. Uh, here's the story about a little guy who uh, wants to go to Venus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just. I feel like that's why I've never. I I like Elton John's songs a lot, but I feel like I've never quite like connected to them emotionally because I'm like, I don't really know what's happening. <laughs> like there's guys and they're appearing. That's why they call it the blues, but it's kind of like a happy song. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's always like a slight mismatch. Talk about, you know, how that's what Hal's I, mismatch of affect and uh, communication. I feel yeah. like that's true with Elton John. Uh, look, that's what it's like when it's the cro- crocodile rock. I do like uh, crocodile rock is pro- maybe one of my favorite Elton John songs because we all, we all know what crocodile rock is. It's the kind of, rock that when the, you can't sit still when they play it <laughs> i don't even know what crocodile rock is shit uh sound off in the comments about what you believe crocodile rock to be. what the absolute hell is crocodile rock uh, why isn't anyone talking about hello, this welcome to infinite cast your pod <laughs> jest. uh oh, man it's australian open season uh here although they're not playing on the clay australian the open um in adelaide Javorgic. Or did they finally let Djokovic. Djokovic. This might be old. Yeah. Medvedev. Well, Medvedev's a current player. Do they did they but, let Djokovic in in Australia? Yeah, I thought that was one of the big stories in tennis is that he the top player was banned from Australia for being kind of a dick. Maybe they It was about vaccine stuff, right? Yeah, like all COVID stuff, maybe they just eventually <laughs> they gave up. Just like, Fine, <laughs> Fine. Come here and play tennis, asshole. Uh I'm gonna say tennis is uh one percent of the Australian economy. They need what's the other ninety nine percent shrimp? Uh uh, uh mi- mineral ore, as I found out recently. Oh, uh, well, we all need was that. Messaging me about a new season of Hinge Points potentially, uh, offering what if somebody else colonized Australia other than the English? Because apparently, right around the time that the English were setting up Australian colonies, uh, both the Dutch and the French were also trying to stand them up. But guess <gasps> what? It really sucks colonizing Australia because it's impossible to live there. You will get bit by a snake. Yes, exactly. It's just a matter of the when. The colonization of Australia is really fucked up. Uh, it's a really fascinating story because you kind of imagine, you know, you you know that they like, quote unquote, sent criminals to Australia. Yeah. So you like, I, I guess in my head, I had always imagined that they like, they sent like an army out group there to like build a prison or like a camp and then they like started sending people there but no they really like it was like you know survivor they really li- like loaded up a boat with like handkerchief thieves yeah uh and and people who improperly touched a horse yeah and sailed it there and just let them off and ha- and we're like okay have fun have they ever made a movie about this uh no australia the movie by Aust- Lerman did not cover it Aust- they should make australia the, the prequel. prequel, yes. Australia 1666 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's real fucked up. And somehow they, they built a damn society there. But apparently there's like vast, vast mineral wealth, like lots of rare earth elements, uh, you know, aluminum, uh, uranium, shit like that. Snake teeth, so, kangaroo eyes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being unbelievably Wallaby rude. paws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, that's what I learned about Australia this week. Lots of um, mineral resources, lithium, which obviously we oh for a new, a new lithium with the ions. Yes, come on. Uh, so half, I don't know. Maybe our, half the shit in our house is full of lithium. I yeah, assume maybe that that was common knowledge about Australia, but uh, that was kind of look. I've never looked into. Uh, I never met the Austra- guy. <laughs> Australian economic policy before yeah. this week. We've got enough on our hands. <laughs> I don't need to be thinking about that, <laughs> but. Look, we love we love our uh, friends in the Antipodes. Yes, shout out to the Antipodes. I guess if you're in the Antipodes, you're like you guys are the fucking Antipodes. We're not the Antipodes. Yes, no, you are the Antipodes. Yeah, considering the, just a uh, matter of perspective, I guess the relative amounts of population. Uh, my reading skill was such that for a really long time, I was I I read Antipodes before I heard anyone say it, so I thought it was Antipodes. Yes, of course, that's how I would. That's how I saw it. Yeah, uh, when I first read it as yeah. well, the Antipodes. The Antipodes. 
All right, should we get into this? We might as well. Uh, we have to finish up a little how before we go into oh, yes. what I think is going to be a kind of an annoying section to read. And for uh, that, I'm sorry. Um, somebody, I've, I know we're already doing a bunch of notes here, but just to color this very segment, somebody messaged me uh, talking about the janitors uh, and picking up on my thread of, of bringing up Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And they were saying that that was a, a totally valid thing, but to them, the janitors resemble more the grave diggers from Hamlet. Grave diggers, I uh, see. Yes, who are a uh, you know uh, 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 colored as working class in Hamlet and have kind of a ribald sense of humor mm-hmm. uh, that lightens up an otherwise dark and bleak moment. Right. Uh, so great, but still ha- within Hamlet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now we can get back in. All right. Uh, himself. Wait. Did I say that? Yes. Himself had met Kenkel and Brandt on the tea. Uh, oh, I, re- I read this uh, uh, already, but I'll re- reread it. Kinkle and Brandt apparently rode the tea at night recreationally, trying somehow to make it up to Enfield from the back bay via the Orange Line, which takes us to Endnote 353, uh, which runs not to Enfield Brighton, but to Roxbury and Mattapan, places where it is very bad nighttime joss indeed to be both white and incapacitated. <laughs> back to the text. And somewhat the worse for wear. Kenklin Brandt not only got himself onto the right color train and kept him propped up between them all the way up the eternity of Com Ave, they'd seen him safely down the T-stop's steep iron stairs and across traffic and up the hill's serpentine driveway to the portcullis and had been invited in at 0200 by himself to continue whatever low-temperature discussion he and Kenkel had been having as Brandt carried himself up the hill in a fireman's carry. Kenkel recalls that <laughs> night... <laughs> Uh, low t- I like the phrase low temperature discussion. Yes. Kenkel recalls that night's discussion being about the human nose as an erectile organ, but the only really sure bet is that it was one-sided. And the duo had ended up being cast as black-veiled uh, no-style attendants in himself's g- zero-gravity tea ceremony and had been menially employed at ETA ever since, though always on the graveyard shift since Mr. Hard loathed, loathed Kenkel with a passion. Kankle hawked and hit a small strip of dust at the crease of baseboard and floor that the mop's arc had missed. For I am a missionary man, Brant is what I am. Brant, as in, give me the straightforward venereal interface of missionary congress or give me <laughs> nihil and zilch. You know what I'm saying? Give me your best thoughts on alternative uh, oh God, uh, positions, Brant. Brant, for me, for my part at least, I say Nix and Nihil on the rear entry, or you might hear it, in, it termed dog or canine style interface, <laughs> so favored in huts, blue cartridges, tantric etchings. Brant, it's animalistic. Why? Why, you say? Brant, it is an essentially hunched way to have interface. She hunches, you hunch over her, inordinately too much hunching to my own way of. It was Brant who heard me, as I came up behind them in socks, trying to keep to the dryer patches. I almost slipped twice. It was still coming down hard outside the east window. Otto Brandt here, Brandt called to me, extending a hand, though I was still several meters away. Kenkel's dreadlocks protruded from under a plaid hat. He turned with Brandt and raised his hand Indianishly in greeting. Good Prince Hal, up and dressed in Don's ear Ailey. <laughs> ear, ear Ailey. <laughs> Let me introduce myself, Brant said. I shook his hand. In his socks and toothbrush, ETA's Athling Brant, who I will wager Ray really hunches. <laughs> Sorry. This is in, in a kind of a, a sing song. Sing song fashion. The darkness needs you guys upstairs ASAP, I said, trying to dry a sock against a pant leg. Dark's face is stuck to the window and he's in terrible pain and we couldn't pull it off and it's going to take hot water, but not too hot. I indicated the bucket at Kenkel's feet. I noticed Kenkel's shoes didn't match. What we maybe we ask is so amusing, then, Kenkel asked. Name's Brant, and pleased to meet you, Brant said, out with the hand again. He dropped the mop where Kenkel pointed. Trolch is with him now, but he's in a bad way, I said, shaking Brant's hand. We are en route, Kenkel said, but why the hilarity? What hilarity? Kenkel looked from me to Brant to me. What hilarity, he says. Your face is a hilarity face. It's working hilariously. At first, it merely looked amused. Now it is openly uh, cashinated. You are almost doubled over. You can barely get your words out. You're all but slapping your knee. That hilarity, good prince, eighthling cat howl. I thought all you players were (laughs) compadramundos in civilian life. (laughs) They're talking like the the freaking droogs from Clockwork Orange. 
Brant beamed as he backed down the hall. Kenkel pushed his plaid cap back to scratch at some sort of eruption at the hairline. I pushed myself up to, I drew myself up to full height and consciously composed my face into something deadly somber. How about now? Brant had the custodial closet unlocked. There was the sound of a metal bucket being filled at the closet's industrial tap. Kenkel brought his cap back forward and narrowed his eyes at me. He came up close. His eyelashes were clotted with small, crisp yellow flakes. They were struck like facial cysts in various stages of development. Kenkel's breath always smelled vaguely of egg salad. He felt at his mouth speculatively for a moment and said, Somewhere's now between amused and cashinated. Mirthful, perhaps. The crinkled eyes. The dimples of mirth. The exposed gums. We can bounce this off Brandt's best thinking as well if... From directly overhead came a ceiling rattling, Yeah! From Stice. I was feeling at my face. Some doors opened along the hall, heads protruding. Brant had a full metal bucket and was trying to run to the stairwell, the weight of the bucket canting his shoulder and steaming water sloshing onto the clean floor. He stopped with his hand on the stairwell door and looked back over his shoulder at us, reluctant to proceed without Kenkel. I like to go with mirthful, Kenkel said, giving my shoulder a little squeeze as he stepped past. I heard him saying different things to the heads in the doorways all the way down the hall. Jesus, I said. Socks or no, I went forward into the really wet, mopped area and tried to make out my face's expression in the east window. It was now too light, though, outside, off all the snow. I looked sketchy and faint to myself, tentative and ghostly against all that blazing white. That's the end of that section. He's He's gone Joker mode. Yeah. He's damn. getting Joker-fied. He's, getting, he's, he's gone. got the big Joker smile, and he doesn't even know he it. He doesn't even know it. He's gone off that Smilex gas. Mm-hmm. He's got that Smilex pack. All right. Partial transcript of weather-delayed meeting between one Mr. Rodney Tyne Sr., Chief of Unspecified Services and White House Advisor on Interdependent Relations, two Ms. Maureen Hooley, Vice President for Children's Entertainment, Interlace Tele-Entertainment, Inc., three Mr. Carl E. Buster Yee, Director of Marketing and Product Perception, Glad Flaccid Receptacle Corporation, four Mr. Artine Jr., Deputy, Deputy Regional Coordinator, U.S. Office of Unspecified Services, and five, Mr. P. Tom Veals, Viney and Veals Advertising Unlimited, 8th Floor, State House Annex, Boston, Massachusetts, USA, 20th November Year of the Dependent Adult Undergarment. What year was Year of the Glad? Year of Glad? The last year, the, the, okay. um, the last year of unsubsidized time, and the first a- section of the, yeah. of the thing. So they are talking in, in theory about next year's subsidized time. Subsidized time. Okay, great. Mr. Tyne Sr., Tom, Buster, Moe. Mr. Veals, R the G, Mr. Yi, Rod, Mr. Tyne Sr., guys, Mr. Tyne Jr., afternoon, Chief, Mr. Tyne Sr., oomph, Ms. Hooley, this is the uh, children's programming of, uh, yes. of Interlace, glad you could finally get in, Rod, may I say we're all extremely excited on our end, Mr. Tyne Sr., never seen snow like this, any of you ever seen snow remotely approaching anything like this, Mr. Veals sneezes, fucking town, I think Mr. Reels is a Boston guy. Okay. I'm we'll just play, make play him, him as, as such. Mr. Yee. Like an extra dimension out there. Less an element than its own dimension. Someone. Shoe makes a squelching noise under the table. Mr. Yee. With its own rules. Laws. Awe-inspiring. Fearsome. Mr. Reels. Cold. Wet. Deep. Slippery. More like. Mr. Time Jr. Tapping the edge of a ruler against the tabletop. Their limo in from Logan did a 180 on Storo. Mr. Yee was just telling... Mr. Tyne Sr. tapping a telescoping weatherman's pointer against the edge of the tabletop. So what's the poop? The skinny? What are we talking? (laughs) Ms. Hooley. Spot ready for previewing. We need your go. I'm in from Phoenix via New New York. Mr. Yee. I'm in from Ohio. Choppered up from New New York with Mo here. Ms. Hooley. Spots masters in the post-production lab down at V&V. All ready except for some final bugs with the matting. (laughs) Mr. Veals. Maureen says we need you and Buster's green light to disseminate. Ms. Hooley, you and the titular sponsor here green, green light it. We can have disseminatable product by the end of the week. Mr. Veals sneezes. Assuming this fucking snow doesn't shut down our power. Mr. Tyne Sr., motioning with Weatherman's pointer to USO stenographer to transcribe verbatim. Seen it yet, Buster? Mr. Yee. Negative, Rod. Just in with these folks here. Kennedy completely socked in. Mo had to charter a chopper. I'm sitting here cherry. Mr. Tyne Jr., tapping edge of ruler on tabletop. How'd you fare getting up here, sir, if I may? Mr. Tyne Sr., mountain comes to Mohammed, eh, Tom? 
Mr. Reveals. How come I only came two clicks down here and I'm the one with a fucking cold? <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Reveals has a cold. Mr. Time Jr. I've been, I've been here in Boston as well. Mr. Reveals, checking connections on Infernatron 210Y digital player and viewing system. So shall we? Mr. Tyne Sr. Okay, for the record, Mo, demographic target, Ms. Hooley, ages 6 to 10 with marginally reduced efficacy 4 to 6 and 10 to 13. Let's say targets 4 to 12, white, native English speaking, median income and above, capacity on... Kruger abstraction scale three or above refers to notes. Uh, adv- advertible attention span of 16 seconds with a geometric fall off commencing at 13 seconds. That's rich that they think that they can keep someone's ad- uh, attention with advertising for 16 seconds uh, in this day and age. But also telling that, you know, he's he's thinking about that. He's thinking about it. Yeah. Mr. Tyne Sr. He would do, he would do a revised uh, version of this and the only update would change that to four seconds to, you know. Yeah. Right. Fall off at six seconds. Two point six seconds. Yeah, Mr. Tyne Senior. Spot length, Ms. Hooley. Thirty seconds with a traumatic graphic at fourteen seconds. <laughs> Mr. Veals, Hawks Flem. Mr. Yi, proposed insertion vehicle mo. Ms. Hooley, the Mr. Bouncy Bounce Show, spontaneous dissemination at sixteen hundred M to F, fifteen hundred Central and Mountain. Cream of the crop, eighty-two share on spontaneous receptions for the slot. Mr. Yi. Any data on what percentage of total viewing in the slot is spontaneous versus recorded cartridge? Ms. Hooley. We had 47% plus or minus two as of year the you shit you 2007. That's the last year the data's firmed up for. Mr. Tyne Sr. So say 40% of total viewing for the spot. Mr. Yee. Give or take. Impressive. Mr. Tyne Sr. So check, check, check. We got rough costs. Mr. Yee. Production just over half a meg. Post-production... Mr. Veals, Bupkis, 150K before matting. Mr. Yi, I might add that Tom's pro bonoing his part of the production. Mr. Veals, so you all ready to eyeball this or what? Ms. Hooley, since Mr. BB's contracted as a no public service spot vehicle, dissemination charge will come out around 180K per slot. Mr. Yi, which we're still of the position, this seems a bit steep. Mr. Tyne Jr., the upcoming year's GLAD's year, Buster. You wanted the year. You want the year of GLAD to be the year half the nation stopped doing anything but staring bug-eyed at some sinister cartridge while little whirls went around in their eyes until they died of starvation in the middle of their own ex... Mr. Tyne Sr. Shut up, Rodney, and quit with the ruler tapping. Buster, I'm sure, knows the incredible goodwill that's even now accruing from their proud sponsorship of probably the most important public service spots ever conceived, given the potential threat here. <laughs> All right, I see what's happening. Mr. Veals sneezes twice in abrupt succession. Comment unintelligible. Mr. Tyne Sr. taps telescoping Weatherman's pointer on edge of tabletop. Righto then. The spot itself then. The spokes figure icon thing. Still the singing Kleenex? (laughs) Mr. Yee. The what was it? Frankie the no thanky hanky. Warning kids to say no thanky to unlabeled or suspicious cartridges? (laughs) Ms. Hooley clears throat. Tom? Mr. Tyne uh, Jr. taps ruler on edges of t- tabletop. Mr. Veals, hawks. <sniffs> no, had to shit can the dancing Kleenex after the response group's test data were analyzed. Various problems. The phrase, no thank ye, itself perceived as archaic, uncool, crotchety adult, too New England or something. Summoned images of a leathery-faced old guy in overalls. Took attention away from what they're supposed to say no thanks to. Plus, phrase recognition data was way under minimum slogan parameters. Ms. Hooley, problems with the icon itself. Mr. Veals, blowing nose one nostril at a time. Kids hated Frankie the Hanky. We're talking levels past ambivalence. Associated the Hanky with snot, basically. The word booger kept coming up. The singing <laughs> didn't help. Ms. Hooley, which is why in this case, thank God for response group testing. Mr. Yee, this business will make you old. Mr. Veals, had to go back and completely reboot at square one. We need Don Draper in this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do we what do we think when we think when we see cartridges? What does a cartridge mean to us? A moment of entertainment? Yes. A respite from the world around us? Yes. But more than that, it's family. <laughs> the it's only gathering your mother and father, son, sister, brother, around the warm glow of the TV, the modern fireplace, the hearth. <laughs> uh, t- TV. It brings pleasure. But you know what's more powerful than pleasure? Fear. Make them afraid. 
Uh, Make them afraid of the TV. God damn. If I still fucked around with improv, I think improvised Mad Men would be really funny. That would be funny. <laughs> you, have, you know what the opening game would be of that? Yeah. Is doing the last time or next time on Mad Men thing. Oh, yeah. Where just people coming into, coming into a room being like, you're really doing it like that? Interesting. I don't think so. Close the door. <laughs> what? Would you like a drink? <laughs> I don't know if, if people uh, know that one, but this is one of a Molly and I love, 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 love Mad Men. One of yeah. the funniest TV shows ever made. My favorite TV um, show. But also the next time on Mad Men's were always so hilariously to- totally made. inscrutable. Just, not only out of context, but out of context, wildly mundane phrases. It, they literally made it impossible. It was kind of like anti hype. Like they made it yeah. almost impossible to predict what was going to happen the next time. Yeah, it like, was just people like answering the phone closing a door, shaking Just, hands. Gesturing to a chair going, would you like a seat? Maybe rubbing their forehead, uh, you know, str- in a stressed out fashion. This can't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody made a super cut on YouTube of like uh, the it's next great. time on Mad Men's. And like, when you string, string them all together, it makes a perfectly meaningless uh, um, but compelling thing. Kind of like an, enter- an entertainment itself. Yeah. But anyway, you would that would be the first thing is you have a bunch of people come out and do those out of context phrases and then you go into a... Uh, yeah. A phrase, and then you get the best thing would be improvising the the sales pitches. Mr. E, does anyone else smell a peculiar citrusy floral odor? Ms. Hooley, Tom's boys have been at it twenty four seven. We're extremely excited at the result. Mr. Veals, it's previewable but rough. Not really quite there yet. The first Phil's Digitals had a bug. <laughs> Mr. Time Junior, Phil. Mr. Veals, a small bug but nasty. Dregs of a turbo virus in the graphic encoder. Phil's head kept detaching and floating off to the upper right. Not a good effect at all, given the message we want to send. Mr. Yee, like orange blossoms, but with a kind of sick sweetness. Ms. Hooley, oh dear. Mr. Veals sneezes. And debugging us put us behind on some of the fonts, so you're going to have to use some imagination here. Has this 210 unit been downloaded for schematic matting? <laughs> if anybody Ms. has ever presented a rough cut to a panel oh, of people for review, this is sucks. very familiar. Um, you have to do the big warm up. Not color. Just to let everyone know, this is not color corrected or sound corrected or sound mixed yet. Yeah, uh, but it will be before mixed. final. This is not final. Final color. This is just a rough to give you a sense of what all the footage and looks like together. Screen it for your boss, and they go, "The color looks a little dim. Can yes, we fix that?" Yes, it's not that? fixed yet. That's the last thing that gets fixed. <laughs> you, f- you put everything else. You lock everything else, and then you fix the color. <laughs> you stupid idiot! How did you get this job? You don't know anything about video production. Oh my god. Well, unfortunately, none of the uh, bosses I've had have actually known anything about video production. They're usually someone editorial promoted, and they're like, uh, videos, I guess. Videos, I say. Where are we? We're a little triggered, as you can see. Um, Mr. Tyne Jr., excuse me, Phil? Mr. Reveals, introducing fully functional Phil, the prancing ass. <laughs> Ms. Hooley, more like a mule. A burrow. A burrow. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. tapping like mad. An ass? <laughs> Ms. Hooley. Horse characters were copyrighted by Child Search. They're Patch the Pony who says nay to strangers spots. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. A prancing ass? Ms. Hooley. The perception of naivete and clumsiness about a mule icon provoked a kind of empathy in the response groups. Phil's not coming off as an authority figure joy killer type, more like a peer. So the cartridge he warns against gets none of the forbidden fruit type boost at being warned against by an authority figure. Mr. Veals. Plus the kid market's a friggin' horror show. Near every species was copyrighted. Garfield, McGruff the freaking crime dog, Toucan Sam, the owning bird of prey. Let's not even get into the bears or bunnies. It was basically either an ass or a cockroach. Never again the kid's market as God is my witness. Uh, Sneezes. Um... I keep. I know I keep interrupting, but I just. I do have to say. <laughs> yeah. Go I, on. Well, you know, we're doing commentary. Uh, shout out to McGruff the Crime Dog, a uh, spokes animal so, uh, so powerful that I still remember the zip code of the of the area of Chicago in which you send your crime tips six zero six five two. Yeah. Well, if you see any crime there, they don't have crime in Chicago. Um, <laughs> Ms. Hooley. Once we went with the burrow, Tom opted to accentuate the clumsy incompetence factor to almost ironize the icon. Buck teeth, crossed eyes. Mr. Veals. 
extravagantly cross, like he's just been whacked with a sock full of nickels. My <laughs> response was through the roof, Ms. Hooley. Ears that won't stay upright. Legs keep getting all rubbery and tangled when he tries to prance, Mr. Beals. But prance he does, Mr. Yee. But surely it doesn't present itself as an ass. Surely it doesn't prance out and say, take it from me, an ass, Mr. Veals. A fully functional ass, Ms. Hooley. Tom's rather ingeniously played up the functionality angle, the energy and verb versus passivity angle. He's never just Phil. He's fully functional Phil. He's a blur of kid-type activity, school, playing, teleputer, interfacing, prancing. Tom's got him storyboarded for a number of 30-second activity-packed little adventures. He's a goof, an iconic child, but he's active. He stands for the attraction of capacity, agency, choice, as versus the Spots animated adult who we see in a recliner, ostensibly watching the Canadian cartridge, little spirals going around uh, and around in his eyes as his body sort of melts and his head starts growing and distending until the passive watchers, uh, passive watching adult's image uh, is just a huge five o'clock shadowed head in the recliner, his eyeballs huge and whirling. Mr. Tyne Jr. taps his ruler against the edge of the tabletop. Mr. Veals, let's just roll the thing for them, Mo. Mr. Tyne Sr., I've got to say, I foresee trouble selling a certain commander-in-chief on a prancing ass as an improvement over a singing Kleenex. Ms. Hooley, Phil's message is that not every entertainment cartridge out there is necessarily a good old safe pre-approved interlaced tele-entertainment product. He says words reached him during his fun-filled, fully functional daily activities of a certain very wicked and sneaky cartridge that even has a little smiling face on the case. And when you first start watching, it looks like it promises to be more fun to watch than anything you've ever wished on a star or blown out a birthday cake kettle for. In a thought bubble that becomes visible when Phil's ears flop down again. Mr. Veals sneezes. Not yet matted in all the way. Mr. Tyne Sr., you know how he is about Kleenex. Ms. Hooley will be an image of an iconic cartridge case with a friendly smile and pudgy little harmless Pillsbury Doughboy arms and legs. Mr. Yee loosening his collar. Not the actual copyrighted Pillsbury iconic limb animation codes, though. Mr. Veals. Relax, more like a reference. An allusion to plumpness, cuteness. <laughs> pudgy and harmless looking limbs is the thing. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. tapping edge of tabletop with ruler. Mr. Tyne Sr., pointing at tapping ruler with Weatherman's pointer. You're close to losing that hand, bucko. <laughs> Ms. Hooley, referring to notes. Then Phil looks up and pops the thought bubble with a needle and says, but it's a liar, this smiling cartridge is. A wicked thing, lying, like the stranger who leans out of his car and offers you a ride home to your mommy and daddy, but really wants to grab you and put his sweaty hand over your mouth and lock you in the car and take you far away with him to where you'll never see your mommy, daddy, or Mr. Bouncy Bounce ever again, Mr. Veals. Which, and here's the traumatic graphic at 14, a dark border new thought bubble over Phil in which now the cartridge's limbs are like a dock worker's. It's a swart, leering cartridge with yellow fangs and long nails and a plaid cap and overalls driving off with an animated kid splayed all screaming and horrified against the car's rear window, spirals starting to roll in the kid's eyes. Wait till you see it. Ms. Hooley. It's so scary, it's positively riveting. Mr. Veals sneezes twice. Stuff of fucking nightmares. Mr. Yee. Urgle, 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 splarg, caw, falls from chair. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. Holy mackerel. Mr. Tyne Sr. Buster? Can you Buster? Can you read that, that the onomatopoeias again? Urgle, 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 splarg, caw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ms. Hooley, Mr. Yee's epileptic, severe, <laughs> untreatable, happened twice on the chopper inn. Stress or embarrassment brings it on. He'll be back up in a minute. Just act natural when he comes back up. Mr. Yee, heels drumming on Terrazzo State House Annex floor tile. Ack, ka. Mr. Tyne Sr., Jesus. Mr. Tyne Jr., tapping ruler on tabletop's edge. Jesus, W. Christ. Mr. Tyne Sr., Rising, indicating tapping ruler with extended weatherman's pointer. All right, goddammit, give me that thing. Give it here, Mr. Tyne Jr. But chief, Mr. Tyne Sr., you heard me here. You heard me, goddammit. You know it drives me bats. You'll get it back when we're done. Drives me up the wall. Always has. What is it with you and that ruler? Doesn't Mr. Tyne like to measure his penis with a ruler? Yes, I think we've talked about that before. 
But that, I thought that was senior, not junior. Ms. Hooley. Be up and back in the game in a jiff. He won't remember the fit. Just don't mention it. The embarrassment of mentioning it will set it off again. That's why twice on the chopper. I learned the hard way. Mr. Yee. Splar. Cack. <laughs> Ms. M- Mr. Veals. Hawking. For Christ's sake. Ms. Hooley. Referring to notes. As the cartridge in the car in the thought bubble drives the splayed kid away, Phil prances a bit and warns that we don't even know for sure what the cartridge to watch out for is even about. He warns that the police only know that it's something that looks like you'd really want to watch it. He says all we know is it looks really entertaining, but that it really just wants to take away your functionality. He says we know it's Canadian. (laughs) Mr. Veals. That's why the plaid cap in the traumatic graphic Response data indicates a plaid cap with ear flaps signifies the big C to over 70% of the spot's target. I feel you, like that was a, an indicator in the 90s. I yeah. feel like like in Michael Moore's Canadian Bacon, he has all, everybody who's Canadian wear the, the plaid cap with the We ear fell flaps. off. We loved uh, in the 90s making fun of Canada. We had dribbling into the 2000s. We had the O Canada from South Park. We yes. had Dudley Do-Right. Yes. And we had. Um, I don't think he's a. Oh no, he is a mountie. He's a mountie, right? Uh, yeah. I guess that was from earlier. Well, though. there's a lot, uh, Canadian bacon, which is Michael Moore's movie about invading Canada. I would say Super Troopers is Canadian, Canadian adjacent. adjacent. Yes. Um, the, uh, of course, the kids in the hall was a bit were big in the '90s, who were like, exp- you know, obviously we've imported most of our great c- comedians from Canada, but yeah. you know, I feel like the kids in the hall were were more wore their Canadianness on their on their sleeve a little more. Yeah. The big C. Uh, the overalls drive the association home. Ms. Hooley. At 19 seconds, fully functional Phil then dances his warning dance, a Native American come breakdance type <laughs> dance we're hoping will catch on among younger dancers. His rhetorical thrust is to play it functional and safe and make sure and check with mommy and or daddy before watching any entertainment you haven't seen before, i.e. to accept no spontaneous dissemination and play no post-delivered entertainment without checking with an authority figure. Mr. Tyne Jr. Uh, but as a peer... More like, I'm thinking this is what I better do if I want to stay fully functional. (laughs) Mr. Yee, back upright in chair. Somebody's mentioned the floppy ear and plastic buck teeth product tie-ins? Mr. Tyne Jr. Jesus, Mr. Yee, are you sure you're okay? Ms. Hooley, ixnay on the engine, may? Mr. Yee, sweat-soaked, looking around. What did he mean? He didn't mean... (laughs) Mr. Tyne Sr. God damn it, Rodney! Mr. Yee, erg, splarg, falls from chair. Ms. Hooley clears throat. And finally, direly. Can I say direly? Mr. Veals. This is at 25.35 seconds. Ms. Hooley. Emphatically warns that if mommy and or daddy have been observed sitting in one position in front of the home's viewer for an unusually long period of time, Mr. Veals, without speaking, without responding to stimuli, Ms. Hooley, or acting in any way unusual or distracted or creepy or spooky with respect to an entertainment on the viewer, Mr. Veals, we cut spooky on the last pass. <laughs> Mr. Yi, Skla, Ms. Hooley, that the fully functional kid will never attempt to rouse them himself, and fully functional Phil leans way in in a kind of fisheye lens close-up and says, no ho 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 way would he ever be so dumb as to even for a second plunk himself passively down and have a look at what it is his parents are so silently creepily engrossed by, but to vacate the premises and prance as fast as he can to get a policeman who will know just how to cut the premises power and help mom and dad. Mr. Veals, his trademark expression is no ho 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 way. He works it in whenever possible. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. His equivalent to the Kleenexes no thank ye. Mr. Tyne Sr. We're ready to view, I think. Mr. Yee, back in seat, necktie now wrapped all the way around neck like aviator's scarf. Still hatching out the tie-ins with Hasbro at Al. Mr. Veals, we're all cute and ready. Mr. Tyne Sr., let's have a look at the sucker. Ms. Hooley, since Tom's too modest to say so, I should say that Tom's already storyboarded an extremely exciting adolescent-targeted version of Fully Functional Phil for music video and softcore disseminations, where Phil engages in a great deal more ironic self-parody, and in this version, his trademark expression becomes, It's your ass, ace. <laughs> Mr. Tyne Jr. So let's have a look at the bastard. Mr. Tyne Sr. Kid, your job here from here on out is to pipe down. Now, do you, Mr. Yi, I've been asked to say for transcription how pleased the Glad Flaccid Receptacle Corporation is during this potentially grave interval to be a proud 
at Mr. Veal's at the Infernatron 210 viewer. Hit those lights over behind you, kid. Mr. Tyne Jr. This will make it difficult for the transcriber to transcribe, can I say? Mr. Yi, this spot doesn't happen to in any way optically pulse or strobe, does it? <laughs> Mr. Veals, are we all set? Mr. Tyne Sr. So lights already. That's it. Great. Uh, we're at 35. Perfect place to stop. Okay. Uh, that's very funny. You, you said that it would be um, you know, difficult to, uh, to convey, but I, I, I felt like I followed along very well and very much got the, uh, the, the joke of the scene. Great. Just. The gist. The infinite gist. The infinite gist. Uh, no, that as I as I was hooting and hollering about in the uh, in the middle of the of that, it is very that is very triggering for anybody who has ever had to uh, yes present a specifically a Pitch. video rough cut. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure any of our our friends in the the advertising industry uh, also as well. Uh, <gasps> yes, uh, but the. So the implication is that the, the entertainment has already started to be disseminated? That is enough of a problem that they are trying to uh, ward off mass dissemination. Yes, among among children and adults. My question is, they're all about to sit down and watch an unfinished cartridge. I mean, that's, that was the other what do you think? What do you think's on it? I actually don't, I don't remember whether this is maybe the way that all these important people get got. Well, also... Or if they get got. I, I mean, also, know. I wouldn't be surprised if we just never see the conclusion of that scene. I don't think we do. Okay, great. Mr. Bouncy Bounce. What would be, in the early 90s, the, like, the the Mr. Bat? Like, now I feel like, um, what, what does everyone hate? Uh, Coco Melon? Coco Melon. This would be now a, co- a Coco Melon. Yes. Uh, that would, well, I feel like Coco Melon has more uh, hegemony than the early 90s, where I feel like you could go everything from, like, uh, Sesame Street to like Rugrats. I don't know what, what had the most viewership of children age six to eleven in let's say nineteen ninety four. Probably Sesame Street. Probably Sesame Street. Arthur. So. <laughs> Arthur. Maybe some of those PBS things. Was yeah. the one with a turtle? Franklin. Franklin. Franklin hey, it's Franklin coming to your house. I think that's how it went. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I guess the the Nickelodeon stuff is very beloved now, but I, I wonder if that is... Oh, they probably thought it was brain-meltingly awful at the time. I mean, a lot of that stuff is wildly freaky. Yeah, but in an exciting way. Um, yes. Yeah, obviously children's programming was more limited now. Now there's a billion... Now you get Elsa Spider-Man to entertain your kids or whatever. I, I guess the Elsa Spider-Man has, has disappeared a little bit. I think they, they, find, they tweaked the algo and got rid of those. Yeah, but that was also like... Uh, what was that being churned out like kind of was that ai i have no idea what i don't think we ever officially got to the bottom of it if that was like automated in some way or if that was being made by churned like, out weird, by like a russian animation like, like studio a, indian animations uh, animators being paid like 20 cents an hour yeah. or something i mean hey look okay we're talking about uh, uh devious entertainment that is supposed to wreak havoc on the minds of of americans um, that's something that's so entertaining that you can't take your eyes off it. Yeah. And meanwhile, it lets people come in and, uh, you know, steal your soul and uh, attack your country. TikTok, anyone? Yes. Re- at least, who is it Republicans? Who who doesn't like TikTok uh, in the government? Because they keep trying to get it banned. Uh, I think Republicans are more against it, but I, I, I'm honestly kind of shocked that nobody has taken a... Um, a hard stance against it, especially because who in America is making money off of it? You know, it's a, it's literally a Chinese company. Yeah. I mean, American things, entertainers are making money off yeah. of it, you know, influencers and stuff. You know, I guess the conservatives always uh, are always yelling about like social media platforms and free speech and, and banning and stuff like that. But nobody has ever taken a concerted step towards any kind of regulation of social media. I assume just because these companies are like, hey, but you don't you don't want to interfere with us making money. And then everybody's like, yeah, that's true. We don't. Yeah, I assume Mark Mark Zuckerberg and the like are are talking about this kind of stuff behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, love, it's also it's like love, two different kinds of censorship, right? There's they yes. they want right wing ideas to be proliferated, but yes. not right. Uh, le- they don't they don't want to like the morality thing. They don't you yes. know they don't want fucking drag queens or whatever. 
uh, but they just want but as many they, political I, they ads don't as wanna, possible. But they're at cross purposes because they don't want to like regulate, like regulating a business in general is anathema to yeah, the whole thing. Right, exactly. So love, That's why this Twitter, the whole Twitter thing is yeah. like so chaotic in that way. Yes, exactly. Because it's basically a right wing guy being like free speech, uh, but not like that. And yes. then everyone is like, what is going on? It's impossible to form a coherent point of view there. Yeah. So which, without giving away the bag of being like, oh, I specifically want to highlight the posts of cat turd or whoever you yes know. yeah right. but, but you can't say that because nobody because then you're like okay well then you have no policy yeah but also pointing out hypocrisy is like I the most boring. Really boring talking but, about twitter but i did like three or four times this week i reload i woke up and sat down and loaded up twitter on my desktop for the first time and like four of the six posts i were served were like jordan peterson ben shapiro matt walsh lauren Bo- bobert even Ugh. though i never i do not do not yeah. follow those people and have never been served their post before. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things where like, God, they're they're really juicing the, those guys. Yeah, it's gonna slowly like break and become uh, you know, like a um uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a place metaphor for like a place that you don't want to be. It's gonna turn I was about, about to say it's gonna have strip mall vibes. Yes. But you sometimes you can get really good food in strip malls. It's true. Uh, <laughs> like but you know what I mean. Down market. Uh yeah. well, it's also just like I I don't know. I it, like there, what there, if you're trying to like boost quote unquote boost conservative vo- voices on the site, it's always the same four people. Mm-hmm. Surely there are other more. There's like got to be one person in the conservative sphere who's who actually like does good tweets. I don't know, man. It, well, I mean, if you're conservative, I guess you think that they do good tweets. Yeah. The other thing, the kind of conflict that was pointed out i think by ryan broderick and garbage day yeah is that once you drive out all the libs from your site then who are you going to make fun of yeah then you're just in there by yourself and that sucks yes, that there's is, already fucking five or the, six platforms that are like that. that i invited uh ryan on to chapo is because i feel like he and chapo could vibe on on that description is that yes uh i mean we, we always always talk about this on chapo is that the reason that they're there is because they they want to they wanted to trigger and be triggered yeah uh on the it's like a rat episode, pressing they, a button. They suggested that, like, that they are in a, the, the the people who are constantly complained of being banned are in a frisson. They an almost erotic frisson of wanting to be banned. Yes, and that their greatest fantasy would be like a lib takeover in which they are put into a like posting camp, <laughs> in which they uh they can only post to each other. Am I? They didn't quite go this far on Chapo, but I think that you would then draft. You, sequester all the conservative whiners into a, their own internet and then you have to draft whoever runs occupied democrats and their post in the government would be to be the the uh the sandbag straw man lib yeah on the conservative concentration camp uh internet the Ome- like the child in omelis yes exactly the one the one thing that you need every everyone own own the lib own the libs we can't do that but we can own the lib we can own the lib yes uh the i'm thinking of this programming of uh this ad in the middle of mr or this character in mr bouncy bounce mm-hmm. couple of things a a donkey who is like kind of uh, clumsy and silly and relatable he just predicted the donkey from shrek yes Cro- cross-eyed ears flopping everywhere buck prancing teeth. around buck teeth uh bi- Goofy voicing. He He's, really did. Uh, I was thinking about Donkey from Shrek. And then two. Uh, I wonder how many people came up to him because that he uh, he lived long enough to see Shrek become a huge franchise. Yeah. If many people came up to him and be like, "Hey, it's Francis the what is it? It's the Pranting." Uh, oh, we just read it so many times. I just re- uh, yeah. Phil, Phil, Phil the function fully functional. Uh, uh, donkey do- ass. Yes. Yeah, a burrow. A burrow. Um, a fran- pr- Number two, I assume maybe this was starting to happen by 1996, but consumer internet, yeah, it was around that point when like AOL was really starting to get mm-hmm. big. Do you remember ads for things that happened on the internet for children? And it said, ask your parents if you can log on to www.whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Remember that? Yes. I think they probably still do that. I don't. I haven't watched children's programming with ads in a minute, uh, other than my beloved SpongeBob SquarePants. Speaking of Nickelodeon, do you remember the ads for Nickelodeon magazine that would encourage that would suggest ways your to be annoying about asking your parents Nickelodeon magazine please Nickelodeon magazine please uh how like how to get their attention oh you'll think of something uh 
does it suggest like offering to mow the lawn in return for it? You'll like never, that? you'll, you won't know who will pop in, what will pop out, and it's so good you'll eat it all up. Wow, good <laughs> advertising that we that we're able to record. Uh, great advertising, and also I'm pretty sure just the advertising alone. I ha- I was a Nickelodeon magazine subscriber. It was probably the first magazine that I was ever subscribed to. The magazine was hot shit. They had puzzles, games. They had little themes that you would uh uh you know like hidden hidden uh interviews crypt- with cryptic uh, messages and root ru- what's um interviews rom- rhombus. What do you call when yeah yeah? <laughs> what do you Rhombuses. call innocent? No, when Rebus Rebus Rebuses interviews Fuck. with Stick Stickly. Yeah, all your favorite characters, sometimes features by the pop stars that you loved. Yeah, uh, the cast of all that, etc. Uh, we've—I mean, we talked about this on the Kablam. I don't know what that is. Uh, there were two, two little anime. It could go on. Yes. Uh, just thinking again. We've talked before about you know ch- children's rights, right? And how often like political battlefield is centered on children as uh, the people that you're supposed to protect from evil yes we're seeing that now in this in interminable groomer discourse new york right now is having like some shit going down with drag story hours uh oh, and yeah, i saw that a, a city councilor disgusting uh, evil slugs who are protesting it uh like their front of their apartment got defaced yeah um Anyway, just you know what what is child what is entertainment and uh, what what entertainment are kids allowed to watch? Assume, yes, it's got, yeah, it's kind of an eternal th- eternal panic, but you know it, it does feel particularly acute at this moment. DFW is Gen X, uh, yeah, I and that was that was the generation of latchkey kids and you know kids who were babysat by the TV, yeah, the boob tube, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we had, you know, we had the kind of like first level consumer internet. Now everyone is on the apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's always the same. It goes back to addiction. Everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Which is <laughs> how which would be my you know, this is also reminding me of the the dare just say no type stuff. Yeah, yes, right. Consumer like advocacy for how do you tell kids to say no to things, you know? I just feel like just say no doesn't work. What you should advertise is just say just say I'll take one. I'll, I'll take half and they'll see how I feel. Yes. Um, you know, it also reminds me of the ads for anti-pot smoking for mm-hmm. teenagers that were big in when I was in high school. So the uh, mid to late 2000s, um, it was it would be like a girl who became the couch. Do you remember I this? I kind of remember. And be that, like, yes. hey, what what's up with um what's up with Jenna? Oh, no, nothing. She just smokes some pot, and she's really boring now. Yes. And the idea was that like smoking pot would make you boring, which <laughs> it's sometimes true. I, kind of, but but what they don't say is it makes everything else more interesting and more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So who's the real winner there? <laughs> now now you see it. Um, you see it, obviously, the truth campaign with um, smoking, which I think was like maybe how effective was that? Fairly. Uh, my understanding about smoking is that it was basically br- like brought down to to radically low numbers uh, among uh, t- especially among teens in like the aughts and teens and now is uh, creeping back up. Okay. I would actually, this is something I would like to look into because that, that was like the fight of my adolescent like soul's life was like smoking. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do yes. it. I'm from Vermont. We had a campaign on local TV that was eight out of 10 Vermont teens choose not to smoke. Choose not to smoke. That's pretty good, right? Yes. And then I went to college with a bunch of people from the tri-state area <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, smoking, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> oh God. Is it just because it got really expensive? I mean, now you have this all over again with vaping. It gives you an excuse to go outside. It gives you an excuse to go outside. It I, looks cool. I really do think that that is a big part of it, especially for uh, college-age kids at parties. It gives you an excuse to go to a smaller, more exclusive area. Yes, hopefully with someone that you maybe have a crush on, uh, and then you can bum a smoke from them, and maybe and they can even the, light your cigarette for you. And it you. also signifi- it does an in-group signifi- signifier of uh, looser morals. Yes, your general scum slash dirt baggery. Yeah, if you're down to smoke, you're down yes. to maybe yes. do some other stuff too. Um, are you a friend of Joe, Joe Camel? Yes, I. Great. You know. uh, also, great, great for drama. I was yes. um, 
really, really upset at my college boyfriend and just like the ability to then like leave the party and go smoke dramatically in the cold because yes. I'm mad. Oh. Inject that shit straight into my veins. Actually, don't. I no, don't please do not. <laughs> Nicotine uh, shots. Uh, any more commentary we have on the the little housing? Other than I think that that person is correct that it is more of a grave grave diggers than Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Well, Hal is being very serious because his friend Ortho's oh, face yes. is stuck, but no one is seeing but his him. His face is also stuck in a different way. Things are crazy. Things are getting a little weird. What happened? What happened to Hal? What happened to Hal? My son ate this. <laughs> Help! My son ate this. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess information will be maybe be revealed as the getting to the point where there's hey we hit we hit uh eight eighty so we're the last hundred pages which means we should be about ten episodes away from Woo! Finishing this. holy shit what page are we on like eight eighty two or something and Jesus he wants to go to Venus eight eighty three holy shit holy shit hundred wow. pages light work. Let's we, go. We really fucking did it. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? The Not first us. comment on the first episode of this of this series on SoundCloud is somebody going, "Holy shit, this is such a terrible idea!" I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the, you know, that's my biggest motivation is uh, is uh, d- doubters. Not that, yeah. not that I think that they were a doubter. Make the haters suffer. Okay, I think after we're done with this, we should we should do some kind of presentation of Hamlet. Yes, I was. I was thinking it could be cool to do like a just a bit a big big cast of, of, of friends of, of the pod and just read Hamlet all the a, way through. We'd, we'd have to get a lot of we'd have to get a lot of people to agree to hop on like a six hour Zoom. Yes, which I think would be difficult. We we'll could see. get Lucy. Lucy could stage manage it. Our Lucy, friend our, is our friend in is the theater. Um, Wonder if we just did a stage reading of Hamlet <laughs> on on stage. Yeah, we streamed it. We get the most absurd people to do it. Um, Who who'd be in your dream your dream cast? Uh, There's not that many people in how many in Hamlet. In One, Hamlet? two, three. Obviously, four, the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, uh, fourteen. Will as Claudius. I guess I would if we are putting it on. I said I would do Hamlet. Twenty ish people. Um, but most of them are not that, you know. Matt as the ghost. We'll figure uh, it out. Anyway, I feel like we should do it. Uh, I demand to be gender-swapped Hamlet. Uh, okay, <laughs> Molly can be Hamlet. Maybe I'll be Claudius. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't read Hamlet for. I haven't read Hamlet since. Before. That was my first. That was my first big... Um, college mm-hmm. english class like first to like 10 page paper and i was like oh yeah. shit i am not prepared uh get squirm to do ophelia just because it would be funny to have an ophelia that just yells all the time <laughs> <laughs> what if ophelia yelled yeah yeah uh yeah all right all right we'll we'll, th- we'll plan it out we'll, f- we'll figure something or we'll just read it in one six hour burst yeah i think it'd be fun it would be fun hamlet it's one of the best hamlet it's what's for dinner <laughs> Make a ham and eat some Hamlet. Spam- Spamlet. Make some ham and read Hamlet. <laughs> all right. We have a ham party. Have a ham- Hamlet party. Uh, all right. Um, zeroing in there. Uh, thanks for listening as always. I don't know. It's getting to the time if you have any questions for us for the final stretch of the show. We never mentioned that we have an email address, theinfinitecastpod at gmail.com. We, you, you always say we never mention it, and then you mention it every fourth episode. Yeah, that's fine. We never mention it, so yeah. I mentioned it. <laughs> you ever check it? I guess I never check it. I never check it. All right, I'll look at the email address. You're, I don't even the, have I'll the password. I'll put it on my to-do list this week. I'll look at the email Come, address. My DMs. People know to do that. Yeah, people my DMs are open. Know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bye.